You are listening to a podcast of spurious morality. Everybody and welcome to the third edition of a podcast of spurious morality. Uh, we're here to talk about all things Doctor Who and Big Finish yet again, and it's our third week. We're quite excited. Um, at the time of recording, our first one is online, and thank you very much to everybody. You've all been so lovely. You've said lovely things. You've given us great feedback. Um, if you haven't already, please make sure you give us a follow on Twitter and or Facebook, uh, at Spurious Podcast. Um, we're on there quite a bit. We want to talk to you guys. And it's really been lovely to just have sort of that interaction so far. So just a big thank you to everyone that's listened to the first couple. Um, with me, I have today, talking about April releases from Big Finish, uh, I've got our first ever returning rotating host, uh, Jake. Hello from 1066! Brilliant. And uh, I've also got uh, Jimmy with me. Hello, Jimmy. Hi, everyone. Um, so when when we heard Outlaws, uh, you guys very quickly said, I want to do the podcast where we talk about Outlaws. Um, so we are definitely going to be talking about Outlaws today, I can assure you of that. Um, so I'm just going to put a spoiler warning out there. Uh, we're going to be talking about the first Doctor Adventures Outlaws. Uh, we're going to talk about Doctor of War. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the recent Torchwood releases. Uh, and we're also going to be talking about Telly Doctor Who, completely up to date. So um, I think there's going to be a bit of flux chat. You've been warned. Spoilers be here. Oh, and Stranded 4. Must tell you about Stranded 4 as well. We talked about Stranded 4 a bit last week, but I didn't have Jake and Jimmy with me, so it'll be... I haven't listened to it. <laughs> oh, there you go. Neither of you have listened to it then, so it's okay. Or any of the tortured releases. <laughs> we won't be talking about Stranded 4. In fact, I'm going to edit that bit out. That's fine. Um... So, by the time this goes out, uh, it will have been in the world for a little while, but at the time of recording, it's fairly new news for us. Uh, two series announced at Big Finish Day. Ooh. Uh, I know. Uh, the Fugitive <laughs> Doctor and Call Me Master. Um, Don't mind if I do. Jake, Jake, what's your take? What, oh. uh, what are you looking forward to out the two the most? Well, I, I think both of you know that I've been quite pro having a Fugitive Doctor audio series and having Saturday One a big finish. This is like a dream come true because they're probably my two highlights of the era and I'm just ecstatic. As soon as I get paid, I'm going to buy both bundles and I rarely do that for something that hasn't got a release date but I'm so excited and I cannot wait to see what Big Finish do with them, especially that we've got Dominic Martin and Heather Chandler's doing them now and it's just so good to have fresh takes 
from new like new younger producers. It's going to be great. I have every bit of faith that Big Finish are going to do these series well. Come on, Jody, you're next. Yeah, let's get Jody on board soon. It'll be great. Uh, Jimmy, uh, the news. What what do you think? Are you looking forward to it? I think it's very exciting and it was a pleasant surprise to hear that it was coming so soon and I thought they wouldn't announce anything like that until after Jody had left. Um, definitely hyped for The Fugitive Doctor slightly more of the two because she was so amazing in all her appearances on TV and I can't wait to see her get a mirror of her own. I think uh, one great thing about The Fugitive Doctor as well is she's already got a couple of uh, sort of stages in her life established so We've got her working with Division. We've got her as the fugitive running away from Division. There's an awful lot that this range can cover, and it's all sort of unknown territory. Yeah, and Big uh, Finish are very Big Finish are very good at filling up era gaps as well. Yeah, absolutely. The big question is how long before she meets River Song? <laughs> yeah. Um. But no, it, it's. I think it's great. I think it's really good news. It's good that they've quite clearly um, the, the license now expands to cover things up till and up through Jodie's era. Um, there is something I'm slightly hesitant about, though, with this fugitive Doctor ear box that's coming out because uh, it's going to be. We know it's set post fugitive the Dune. It said in the news article. But if it's all this division stuff and everything, I'm just worried it's gonna be gonna go down the time war route. I'll talk about that a little bit later when we get to one of the reviews. But I'm just worried it's gonna be a bit flogging the dead horse until it's jam sort of thing. And I'm just yeah, worried that it, they're gonna add too much to it and not enough it, mystery still. Is it gonna kind of um yeah, is it gonna lead to sort of a specific type of story being told with not much scope for anything else. I guess there is that risk. Um, I mean, mm. we will find out. I'm very excited to listen to it, though. I think it's uh, it's a major coup for Big Finish to get them on board so quickly. And none of Definitely. us are expecting these announcements until, you know, perhaps after Jodie's final episode. Um, and, yeah, as you guys have said already... Let's get Jodie on, quick as we can. I want to hear Jodie mm. make finish. Um, so, yeah, very exciting stuff. Yeah. Um, so, just uh, quick fire answers I'm after here. Uh, Jake, you go first. What's right. been your favourite release of April? The Outlaws and the Miniaturist. Absolutely, 100%.com.org.uk. Without a doubt. And, Love you, um, Noonan. <laughs> I have a very, 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 very funny feeling that I know what Jimmy's answer is going to be. But Jimmy, what's been your favourite release of the month? Absolutely, The Outlaws and The Miniaturist. Of the two, I slightly prefer The Miniaturist, but both of the stories in the box set were amazing. Yeah, um, and I think I'd have to agree, to be perfectly honest, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Although... I suppose I might also pick Stranded 4, but I'm a big 8th Doctor fan. I'm very invested in sort of his ongoing adventures. Um, you guys haven't listened to it, and I've already talked about it uh, last week with Mansour, so uh, we won't go back to it. But yeah, um, Stranded 4, uh, personally, I think, does give Outlaws a run for its money, but both fantastic releases. I have Absolutely heard it brilliant. is very good. 
yeah, it, it's um, I, I was re- it's sort of the release, the first release this year that I've been genuinely excited about and genuinely sort of checking online every day. Like, come on, get it released. I want to hear it now. What I gather from like my partner, who's an avid listener of the Eighth Doctor Adventures, the third box set was a little bit of a, de- a letdown for a lot of people. So I'm happy to hear that the last like volume lived up to everyone's expectations, and that makes me happy. Yeah. We're, it, it makes us all happy when Big Finish release something that's brilliant, because um, we're all on board for that. Um, so yeah, um, a lot of love for Outlaws and Miniaturist, the new first Doctor release, um, and it's what we're going to spend most of our time today talking about, because we all loved it so much. So I'm going to ask uh, you both for your takes on Outlaws, first of all, um, the story, Outlaws, um, Jake, what did you think of it? It's, it's, it's like someone has got on a has skipped all the way from the sixties and stuck it in an audio. This was one of the most era authentic audios I've ever listened to from Big Finish. It, it was basically a perfect sixties runaround historical with the monkey, and it was just so go so good. It had comedy in it, emotion, a great cast, I think. And yeah, it really lived. It, it was very good. It was a very, very good opener for a new revamp of a range for me. Yeah, and um, Jimmy, what did you think? I think it's an excellent start to the new adventures with this new take on the first Doctor. He's so incredibly accurate to what Hartnell himself did back in the day, and the dynamic between him and Dodo is handled really well and she is fleshed out a lot compared to what she was on tv i think the dynamic between them instantly had me keen to hear more of this team and the story itself was thoroughly enjoyable yeah um and i really enjoyed it too it's as you both said it's very uh era authentic it's I really do like a lot of the stuff we've had with the first Doctor from Big Finish before. I really liked the early adventures. Uh, but this is the closest they've ever got to giving me like a real first Doctor story, something that genuinely feels like it could have come out of season three in this case. Um, really do have to give credit to Stephen Noonan and Long Cornelius. They are both mm-hmm. fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Uh, and it, it's but yeah they've they've really managed to sort of cast two fantastic actors in mm, absolutely absolutely in these roles um the only sort of thing i'd have to say about the outlaws is why was the monk there um it he wasn't really doing much much monkery like you know i love the character i think rufus hound's great but i just sort of think did he need to be in the story, actually? Could we have had it as a pure historical and would anything have actually changed at all? Did we need that other Time Lord character there? I think if we didn't have the monk in it, it would have lost a lot of the comedy that the story had because I think for this story, the strongest points for me personally were the scenes between the Doctor and the monk. I thought they were very funny, especially near the end where the Doctor's sort of teasing it. It was just really funny and that was the highlight of the story. Like, I put in my review on Twitter it was just great for me I, I, I don't think I would have necessarily not wanted him in it because I think if we didn't have that in the story 
Well, I think personally we'd have lost a massive chunk from it and it wouldn't have been nearly as good without him in it. But that's just my opinion. Good script, uh, Elizabeth Miles. Well done. It was great. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I do agree with you. You know, I'm kind of arguing with the point I made two minutes ago here, but does a character need a reason to be there? The monk's got a TARDIS. It's likely that he's going to sort of deliberately plonk himself somewhere. The Doctor's likely to turn up, cause a bit of trouble. Maybe that's all you need. Maybe you don't actually need there to be some big time-meddling scheme. Um, so I thought it was quite refreshing, actually, because in every other monk story we've ever had, it's like, I'm the monk, I'm here to mess up with time and be a pain in your backside sort of thing. And it's quite nice to necessarily not in being the typical monk we're used to. I thought it was a nice bit of fresh air for the story because we don't want the, like a carbon copy of the time meddler and a lot of people are saying it is and I'm struggling to see why because to me they're polar opposites story wise and the way they feel but you know what people Facebook are like not to moan about everything so hey ho <laughs> um, yeah the monk was just there to be a nuisance and I think yeah. that was fine uh, is there anything you'd like to add about the monk's inclusion Jimmy I was really happy to see them following up on the time meddler. I was surprised that the monk being a few incarnations later than um, TV's Peter Butterworth, that he was still uh, wanting revenge for the time meddler. But it made me wonder if they'd intended perhaps originally to recast that incarnation. But I think it was nice that we got the Doctor to face a different incarnation, even though Rufus Hound is not personally my favourite version of the monk. I prefer Graham Garden and Peter Butterworth, but he still gave a good performance and it fit the story. Yeah, absolutely. He's The story is made better by the fact that he's there. Uh, and I also understand that, you know, it's, it's a new range effectively, isn't it? We've had First Doctor Adventures before in various forms. Um, but with it being a new range, having something familiar like the monk to kind of just give a bit of an extra hook it's completely understandable mm, and it worked well great stuff absolutely uh let's move on to the miniaturist then uh jake what was your take on that fantastic already in my top 10 big finish of all time what a superb story it was it was so emotional it was so creepy the character work is splendid. And I'm not usually the biggest fan of Hopley scripts, but this really shot to the moon and back. It was superb. Loved it. Noonan was at his best in this, I think. So was um, Lauren Cornelius as Dodo. And Annette Badland, Christ almighty, Lord above, what a good guest cast this story had. And it didn't, and I, I sort of wish this was the four-parter, but it worked really well as a two-parter and the lovely little cameo at the end, which I'll let Jimmy talk about because I know he was very excited about it when it happened. But yes, perfection. I think it was a great way to end the box set and I really hope going forward, as much as I love how faithful the Outlaws was to the 60s, that we get more experimental stories like this because it was phenomenal. Absolute perfection of a story, beautifully written. So pat on, the, on, pat on your back is great, lovely. Marvellous. And uh, Jimmy, over to you. I think this story was one of the best things I've heard from Big Finish in a long time, and I really loved how it contrasted with The Outlaws. In The Outlaws, you had this more traditional and typical William Hartnell story, 
whereas this was the more experimental and doing something different like the original concept from the series of the sort of sideways story. And I think the whole cast was amazing. The dynamic between the Doctor and Dodo continued to really shine through and I just thoroughly enjoyed it and especially that cameo. That was such a pleasant surprise to hear, spoiler alert, Susan back for just a brief line. I hadn't expected these stories to touch that era since they're still apparently continuing on with the David Bradley and his team cast, but it was something I would never have expected because of that. And so the surprise was just amazing. I really loved that moment. Uh, I mean, it was packed with great moments. Um, I have to admit that I kind of, I'm slightly on the opposite side of the fence with you guys, absolutely loved both stories, but I actually think I preferred The Outlaws. It just kind of, it kept my attention a little bit more. The miniaturist, um, I felt that for what it was, it was a very, very strong script. It was a very solid idea. I felt as though it could have just shaved maybe 10 minutes off, uh, perhaps. Oh, I, I, I totally disagree. I think it needed more minutes than stuff shaved off. I don't know if Jimmy agrees, but I would have happily have had that as a six-parter. Yeah, personally, oh, sorry. Um, personally, for me, I, I enjoy the longer and slower stories. So I, I, most people complain about padding or such, but I think it's not padded. I yeah. think it's just taking the opportunity for more character moments and character development. And yeah. that's the sort of thing I love about, especially the Hartnell era. I think this, the miniature especially, is a perfect sort of story if you want to kill an hour, like you're going on a train journey or something. It'd be perfect for it because it, it flew by for me so quick. It was so good. I can't stop talking about how good it was because it was a really good story, but hey-ho. Well, this this was meant originally meant to be a far more sort of balanced episode where we talked about other stuff throughout the month, yeah. but we just loved Outlaws so much. <laughs> Welcome to we... the Miniaturist podcast. <laughs> yeah, it, it's which like right the whole box set that can be our sort of centre of attention because we've just yeah. Yeah. enjoyed it uh, so much. And yeah, yeah it, it, it I have I really enjoyed it as a set. Um, and you know maybe maybe you know when. When a script is so good, it doesn't actually matter if it's no, yeah, 10 minutes fair. longer than it could be or whatever. Who cares? Oh, can I quickly put out something quickly before we move on to our next point? I think both stories did a really good job at developing Dodo because obviously she wasn't very developed in the story. But I think it's be- the outlaw sort of developed a bit more how she fits in with a historical setting. And the second story did more of a backstory, which I really appreciated. And Lauren Cornelius is such a ray of sunshine because she just seems so, so friendly. And it really comes across in her performance. And we need more people like her in the world. Well, we did on our podcast Twitter page tweet about how fantastic it was when we were all listening to it. And uh, Lauren Cornelius did give us a share. She gave us a retweet. Um, So, yeah, thank you very much for that, Lauren. Um, so I just I really wanted to talk, uh, just take the opportunity to talk about kind of other first Doctor things while we're here, because you could argue that the first Doctor is the Doctor that's had the sort of the most different versions at Big Finish. He's been played by goodness knows how many actors. Um, you know, when you consider Companion Companion Chronicles and David Bradley taken out of um, uh, Adventure in Space of Time, that kind of thing. 
the first Doctor's kind of been very heavily represented, but there've been a lot of different performances, and I just wanted to get sort of a take from you guys as to what you think uh, the best non-Noonan first Doctor performance at Big Finish is. So, uh, Jake, go ahead. Oh, that's a tricky one. Um, <laughs> I don't know what my standpoint is on this topic, to be honest. Uh, I, pref- I I do like Peter Purvis as Hartnell, especially in the stories like the Sontarans. It's a very good story. Please go and listen to it. It's very good. And he's also very good in, was it The Bounty of Series? Uh, uh, yes. yes I haven't listened to as many of these as I have but I have done the first three of the Bradley sets and uh, my opinion of the Bradley sets is they're alright in a sort of an adventure in space and time context if you're thinking in that frame of mind while you're listening to them I reckon you'll get a kick out of them more than you are if you're listening to him as like proper canon with Hartnell sort of stuff, first Doctor Adventures, because if you are thinking that, for me personally, you're I struggle with them if I'm in that frame of mind because I don't think any of them really sound like they're meant to be. That's no disrespect to the actors; they're playing their own interpretations. But I, I absolutely loved the second set of them with um the invention of death and the barbarians of the samurai, which is actually thinking about it sitting here. That set is quite similar to the outlaws and the miniaturists that we've just had just flipped over. A historical and a, a, like a wacky sci-fi one. Just noticed that, and I enjoyed both of those sets. But yeah, I think I'll hand over to Jimmy, because he's got more knowledge on these ranges than I have. And I'll just, yeah, over to Jimmy. Well, for me personally, I think the best portrayal pre-Stephen Noonan joining the team would actually surprisingly be in The Unbounds, where Jeffrey Bailden played an alternate version of the first Doctor. He oh, was, yeah. He was amazing. He um, sounded a lot like William Hartnell, but not, not identical, but a very similar voice. And, of course, he was nearly cast back when the show first started. They considered him for the role, and he just missed out. And apparently also for The Five Doctors, he nearly got the role instead of Herndall. So... He really felt like the first Doctor in that sense as well, and it was an amazing portrayal. Um, of course... Good story too. Oh, absolutely. Um, and for me, the Companion Chronicles have been some of the best stuff Big Finish has ever done. I think, especially in the Hartnell era ones, I think of all of them, I'd say most of them are at, at a minimum 7 or 8 out of 10, and there were only about 2 that I'd rate lower than that. So they were very consistent, and the portrayals were always great. Um for me, the problem came with the early adventures is that um, when um, William Russell and Peter Purvis play the first Doctor in the Companion Chronicles, it makes sense that their voice is different because they're not portraying the first Doctor directly. They're portraying Ian talking and giving his perspective on the first Doctor or Stephen, you know, saying the first Doctor said this. But when you put it into a full cast context, it sort of dampens the accuracy. It doesn't feel quite as right. So I personally preferred the Companion Chronicle style. Yeah, I can understand that. Um, I uh, really like Peter Purvis as the first Doctor. Uh, I've actually uh, listened, for the first time, listened to the uh, Oliver Harper trilogy in the Companion Chronicles this week. Um, 
and I was just blown away by how good it was. It, it was something else. The Oliver Harper trilogy is some of the best stuff that Big Finish has done. I think creating a new companion in the first Doctor era was such a surprising idea. Like, I didn't think they'd be game to try it, but he fit perfectly into the time in the show that he was from. He he felt like a very 60s character, but, of course, with I don't want to spoil anything, but the way that his character turns out, I it's not something they would have actually done on TV in the 60s, but, of course, it's very true to what was happening at that time in reality. And so, yeah, I absolutely love Oliver Harper and... I wish that they could do more with him. Maybe they could bring him back alongside Stephen Moonan. And shout out to Tom Allen for just being so fantastic as the character as Oliver Harper. Absolutely brilliant. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed that trilogy. I'm glad I listened to it as a trilogy as well. My original plan was to kind of do a few other Companion Chronicles in between. But I heard uh, the first one. I've forgotten its name. That's really bad. The Petrol Bond. Um, that's it. Thank you. I listened to that and just thought, nah, I've got to do all three of these together. This is something special. This is going somewhere. Um, and like you say, it's. I suppose the joy of Big Finish is it allows it allows us to visit certain eras, but from a uh, a more modern social perspective. Uh, and that really took advantage of that. And yeah, it was absolutely fantastic to listen to. So huge well done to Big Finish there. Um as for the early adventures, I actually really like that range. Um, it, it was the first time that we got sort of proper full cast, first and second Doctor. And the one story, uh, the one first Doctor story that really stands out to me is uh, The Dalek Occupation of Winter, um, which is... But that's great. It, Oh, it's fantastic. It's very bleak, it's very dark, very atmospheric, um, and all of the performances are so good. I, I get completely lost in it. I can't actually believe I'm listening to Peter Purvis do the first Doctor. It just sounds like the first Doctor. By that stage, he'd really kind of got it down to being his own take on it as opposed to him just narrating what the first Doctor said. Um, but I think that whole rate was it the fifth series of early adventures that was kind of that mini Stephen and Vicky season. Ah, yes. Um, I just think that whole run is just it's something else, absolutely brilliant. But Dalek Occupation of Winter, especially, is a very, very sort of rare kind of story. Um, it's it's got to be the best Dalek story of the last goodness knows how many years. It's brilliant. For me personally, I think in the early adventures, the best story for me was The Daughter of the Gods. I think combining the first and second Doctor era and giving us this sort of alternate, um, what could have been if they'd had a fifth anniversary special long before yeah. the three Doctors, um, I think every character was handled really well. Stephen and the Doctor and... Katerina, especially, for a character who had so little material to base her off. She only had four episodes across two stories and they really fleshed her out and really centred the story on her and it worked so amazingly well for me. And, of course, such a highlight hearing them interacting with the second Doctor and his team because they also, again, are a team that's been handled very well on audio and so the joy of having them two teams together was for me simply one of the best stories of that range. 
And it's also great to get some real sort of emotional moments from the first Doctor, which we got kind of glimpses of on screen. I'm thinking about his uh, speech at the end of uh, Masquerous in Bartholomew's Eve, for example. Mm. One of Hartnell's finest hours. Uh, but we very rarely see that kind of emotional first Doctor. We usually just get, you know, grumpy or patronising, or obviously the character is far more than that. But to get him sort of be very reflective and, you know, mourning the loss of somebody, mm. um, it it was great, and it was great to get more of that than just the first 20 seconds of the time meddler or that kind of thing. Um yeah, I really did enjoy Daughter of the Gods. It's a great story and works incredibly well as, like you say, this sort of hypothetical fifth anniversary special. Any other First Doctor adventures you want to mention while we're here? Uh, I think we've covered a lot of my favourites with the talk of the Perpetual Bond and that trilogy and, of course, Daughter of the Gods. But one that I'd like to mention in particular is... Um, when Frostfire first came out, the very first companion chronicle, not just of the first Doctor, but of them all, and it handled Vicky so well and showed her life after the Doctor so well, and it was just a joy to hear the first Doctor in new material for the first time in, well, for the first time since the 60s, basically. So I absolutely have to give a special shout-out to that one. Yeah, it did an incredible job of uh, launching that range. It, it really showed us straight away what the Companion Chronicles were capable of uh, and what kind of ground could be covered in them. So, yeah, absolutely fantastic. The other one that I'd like to mention is from the Lost Stories range, Farewell Great Macedon. It is, I read the um, script booklet before the audio itself came out and it handles the original team so well and it's such an interesting setting and it is an absolute highlight. You'd think a story that long and, you know, written in the 60s might drag, but it absolutely doesn't. It just shines from start to finish. I've not heard that one. It's on my to-listen-to list. Oh, jump at the chance. It's worth it. Absolutely. It's, it's one of the highlights of the Lost Stories range. It's absolutely brilliant. Uh, Jake, any other First Doctor adventures you'd like to mention? Um, I think I've spoken about all the ones that I've listened to. It's not a sort of area of big finish that I've, te- I've um, dipped my toes into, it, as it were. But yeah, I'm loving Noonan and I really hope he does more. But yeah, and I'm happy for people who get more Bradley things. Just because, someone, just because I don't like something doesn't mean that I wish it that other people wouldn't just do your thing. It would be good if they do two ranges because they'll both appeal to a different kind of First Doctor fan. So I think it's a good idea and that's my and I nice think they're, thought. They're it? both able to do their own separate things as well. It's, they're, not, they're never going to tread on each other's toes just because of you know, what the aim of each series is. Um, I do have one last question for you, Jake. You are our yeah. resident Third Doctor fan. Am you're I? Third doc- yes, you are the, <laughs> you're the third Doctor expert of spurious oh, morality. I am. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, and obviously we've had for, uh, third Doctor adventures for quite a while now. Tim Trelaw, absolutely brilliant in yep. the role, I think. Um, Noonan or Trelaw, what do you prefer? That's that trying to make me um, choose my favourite child. And it's the segment of the podcast where I spend... 30 minutes talking about how much I love both of them. I'll go do them in both. I'll talk about I'll talk about them separately, then compare them. Noonan, well done to you. 
I think are utterly tremendous. I think you've done a great job um, getting the character of Hartnell. You get some of his mannerisms spot on, but I think slightly when you get but go a bit too high a pitch, I think that needs some work. But comparing it to Pertwee, um, Tim Chalor, sorry, in he wasn't at his best in his first set, but as he went on, he got a lot better by his fourth set. So I'm hoping, and I know because seeing how passionate he is, that Newton is going to go down the same route, and I cannot wait to see how he evolves, because I think that it couldn't have happened to a nicer person, and him and Cornelius work so well together, and I God hope that they do more, because they're two wonderful human beings, and two such good ambassadors for the show, and yeah, I, they're just great, and I think Chalor's great, and his crew are great, Daisy Ashford, Nick Nick, not with Nick Cole. I'm doing it again. John Coleshaw, sorry, and Sadie Miller are all perfect and some of the best recasts that Big Finish have done. So, yeah, I can't really say which is my favourite because I like them both for similar reasons, John T. Oh, brilliant. Well, it's good. We like positivity. Uh, so let's move on to... Uh, <laughs> let's move on to um, other releases this month. Um one of them being the Doctor of War, and I don't think you were its biggest fan, were you, Jake? Oh, I, I just heard all that positivity get thrown out the window. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, no. Right, when it was announced, I was super excited. Um, when it, like all you, like you both know, you saw my reaction when it was first announced. I was really excited. It looked really promising, and then I listened to it. Me personally, I don't think you can go around. Calling some uh, being like, oh, we're revamping such a phenomenal range, the Unbound series, and that's given us a really, really discombobulated time war rehash. Because at the end of the day, that's just what it was. You could have chucked Paul McGann on that, or Jonathan Carley on that, and it would just been a bog standard time war box set. And I found it so disappointing that it didn't live up to what I was expecting from it. And it has to be my least favourite box set of the year, which is a real shame because I thought Colin was phenomenal in it. He was so good in it. I just wish he'd have got something that wasn't just paint by numbers time war. And sorry, but if you're going to do a universe where it's all around the Doctor's wiped out the Daleks, what's the point of then having Daleks in it? Do you know what I mean? It'd be so much better if they'd just gone with the Daleks aren't in this universe anymore, so other threats are coming to the forefront. Like the crawls in the last story, they could have done so much more of that with not having the Daleks in the picture. And I don't think they did that well enough for me. They had too many. They, they don't get me wrong. They had some good ideas, but they didn't go through with them. And I, I thought it very lacklustre for me. And I actually, yeah, it, it's my least favourite release of the year. Sorry, big finish. Don't send me hate mail. That's a bit of a shame, really. I, I did enjoy it um it to be honest i think i need to actually listen to it again to fully process what it was trying to do um it was very odd it was very different it was very time warry we've had a lot of time war stuff um i really liked what colin was doing i thought colin baker was brilliant throughout um he uh this sort of more serious Colin at War stance that the character took. I did like that. It was. Do you see perhaps... where I'm coming from, though? I think Colin should have been given something that wasn't just a 
bogs down the time war he had. That was really confusing, especially the first episode. But continue, Johnson. Uh, the episode that I enjoyed the most, though, was that third one, which was more Gallifrey-centric. Um, and I did kind of like the the concept of Time Lord Society being sort of shaken up and thrown into this time war before it, before it was ready. Uh, you know, and we've had hints in Eighth Doctor releases, Gallifrey releases, that, oh, we know this huge war is coming. And, but it, it's... So it's almost like when the time war finally arrives, and I get the impression that sort of chronologically, if you can put a time war into a chronological order, that the earliest release are the sort of early Gallifrey time war releases. So time war one and two, I get that they're really early days in the time war, uh, but it's a Gallifrey that was kind of ready for it and kind of knew it was coming and it g'd itself up a little bit. Um. Whereas this is a Gallifrey that wasn't ready and sort of has to face off challenges from the Kraals and that sort of thing. Um, I really, really liked how the Master was used in that set as well. Um, so Jeffrey Beaver's always absolutely brilliant. Um, I'd, I'd listen to him read the phone book. But playing this sort of younger, pre-Deadly Assassin version of his Master... I found the Master's includement a bit boring, if I'm going to be honest. Jeffrey B was very good, but I'd rather them being of them him being a companion for three stories and having the Master be like, oh, you're committing genocide. Yes, but you're always moaning at me not to do it, and you're doing it. And I thought it made such an interesting dynamic, and we didn't really get it. <laughs> and that's a bit, uh, you know... There's so much potential lost on these stories, and it's such a shame. I guess that direct confrontation was missing, and I suppose in in our universe's time war, we've still we've still got that. Um, I do think, however, that you know this this set it was the first set of at least two. You never know; it's big finish. They might announce another seventeen after the next one. Um, I'm particularly interested in seeing where it goes I think they've probably actually got themselves a bigger braver concept than has been demonstrated in this first set so I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes next um, but we'll move on and we will move on to um, what we've been listening to so just Anything can be any random bit of big finish that you've listened to in the last few weeks. Uh, Jake, I'll let you go first. Oh, I've recently been delving into Tortured One, starring um, Tracy Ann Oberman. And by God, Yvonne is fierce. She is uh, badass. She is wonderful, incredible, so good in the role. And I'm actually obsessed with Yvonne. I think she's such a great character. And it, and I've just um two stories in the top um before the fall and it's a contender to be in one of my favourite big finished box sets of all time because of how well written the stories are for her and it's good it's it's got me hooked and sometimes big finished box sets don't do that as of late but that really did grab me from the get go I look forward to continuing because I bought them all in the sale including nightmares so I'm ready to binge them all sort of over the next couple of days and weeks. Very good, though. Very good. I didn't think it'd be my cup of tea, but it was very much my cup of tea. So, yes. 
I think they've managed to balance the kind of... Um, it, it's definitely Torchwood. It couldn't be anything else. But they've also managed to balance it nicely with sort of office drama, uh, even office comedy. There are sort of... Uh, there are episodes of Torchwood, one that I could see the sitcom The Office doing um, without the Torchwoody stuff, obviously. Yeah, it, it's a very gripping range, and I'm glad that it's sort of continuing on. Um, I have actually been listening to Nightmares this week, as well as uh, Infidel Places, but I'm going to hold off and I'm going to talk about them in next week's episode, which is completely Torchwood. Um, Jimmy, what have you been listening to? For me, the most exciting recent story is, um, unfortunately, it's not a big finish, but the redacted audios I've been following and it's gotten off to a great start. It was a bit slow the first episode to get into it, but the second episode, which I just listened to yesterday, was incredible. And it's so nice to hear Rani Chandra back. I loved when she came back for the first time for Big Finish for the 8th of March release, but that was a good story for her and it was good to have her back. But this seems to be handling her even better and I'm excited to see where it goes from here. And I hope there is so much more Rani to come I, I want her to be in every two releases I want her to be like River Song she's such a good character she's amazing um I think they could send her a whole spin-off on her of her following she's following in Sarah Jane's footsteps she's a reporter she's getting out there she's having these adventures and I think I'd love to hear more of the other Sarah Jane cast I'd love to hear what Luke and Clyde are up to for example but I think Rani's already shown in just these two stories that she's come back for that she's definitely got a lot of mileage in the character and I'm excited to see where she goes from here. I would definitely struggle to believe uh, that there's nothing fairly big for the character in the pipeline. I think we're going to hear a lot more from her. Um, I think big finish of they've got to do that, absolutely. Um just trying to think what else I've been listening to. I think I've covered it all. The Oliver Harper trilogy, that was good. Um, yeah, I've just kind of been plodding through some companion chronicles. I just kind of keep going back to them. I've not heard them all. Uh, and I have, under orders from pretty much the rest of you, uh, started on a massive mega Jago and Lightfoot marathon. Um, I've heard very little Jago and Lightfoot before, and I was informed that my my fan status was at risk uh, through not listening to it previously. So uh, I'm listening to all of that. And then in a couple of months, uh, we're going to do an episode about it. And I think I'm going to be quizzed about everything that's been in Jago and Lightfoot. So that's that's on the listening slate. Um, I suppose, really, we couldn't uh, do the April releases special, which is, I guess, kind of what this is. Uh, without talking about what we're looking forward to the most uh, from next month, from May. So, uh, May releases, what what kind of stuff are you looking forward to? Jake, you first. Sick Doctor Adventures, definitely. Because as soon as Hebby was announced, I was ecstatic. Cause it's so important for me as a disabled person to get... Um, oh, representation, which is severely lacking on TV. And the last thing I saw the actress in was in Years and Years, in which she was phenomenal. And I cannot wait for this new 
um, set up between these companions and their relationship and how they like meld together. And the trailer really grabbed me. I'm so happy Jacqueline Rayner is right in their introduction episode of how much I adore Evelyn. So I'm hoping that she follows in her footsteps sort of thing. But very good. I'm very excited. I'm very hyped for the sixth Doctor adventure. So bring it on. I can't wait. Yeah, agreed. Um, I'm really looking forward to that one. I think Ruth Maidley is going to be great as Hebe. I really think we are onto something sort of special with that range. And the fact that sort of... uh, there's something to shake up the Sixth Doctor and Mel dynamic a bit as well. Um, yeah, it's going to be excellent. Uh, what about you, Jimmy? Your your most anticipated May release? While I always love getting a new companion, and so I am looking forward to Hebe as well, for me personally, the release next month I'm most looking forward to is definitely the next ninth Doctor Pop set. He's been amazing since he came back, and he's still to this day my favourite of the new series Doctors, though... Who knows how long that will remain the case with um, potentially the new 14th Doctor coming out soon. But for now, he's one the best Doctor the new series has done. And I think the audios he's had so far have handled him amazingly. And so, yeah, I'm looking forward to more of him. I, I do have to kind of still pinch myself when I hear that Christopher Eccleston is doing Big Finish. Uh, it, it's just absolutely brilliant. It's... It's one of those strange things was I remember exactly where I was when I first read about it, when it was first announced. Um, Yeah, it's fantastic. He's been fantastic. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Um, That was was unintentional. Um, I'm I'm calling the Ninth Doctor fantastic. He's he's obviously just like a a psycho, psycho, uh, subconscious, that's the word I'm looking for. It's a subconscious reaction to call the Ninth Doctor fantastic. Um. I'm quite looking forward to uh, the fifth Robots box set. Uh, I'm a big fan of Liv, and it's it's been interesting. It's It's gone on a lot longer than we expected. We were told it was going to be four sets, then they've added another two. Um, but the last couple of sets, it's really felt as though the story's been moving. It's been going somewhere. And it's a real shame that it's been sort of quite a gap. I mean, I think it's been near enough a year between the last set and this one so it'll be good to kind of catch up with those characters see what's going on uh, i have kind of convinced myself though that i need to do a full listen to with the robots uh, when the sixth set comes out and just do it all as one big story and i think in the future that's the way it's going to be looked at that's going to be sort of the best way to enjoy it is as one big six set arc so yeah i'm looking forward to robots five in may um, and a couple of them could actually be released before um, this this podcast. So we'll see. So if we have just talked about something that's upcoming, but it's already out, we do apologise, but we've, we've recorded a little bit in advance. I do believe that's all we've got time for. That's our third episode done. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's been uh, amazing to get the opportunity to talk about some stories I absolutely love, so thanks. Yep, it's been great to have you on, Jimmy. Thank you for joining us. I hope you'll come back. And Jake, thank you again for being our first returning rotating host. But yeah, it's been it's been great to have you both on. Uh, next week, we will be talking about Torchwood, uh, and we'll be focusing on Torchwood 1 Nightmares, as well as looking at some of the highlights of the 
sort of monthly Torchwood range, which is, I think, has always just gone strength to strength. But we'll go back to that next week. We'll talk about that next week. So I'll say goodbye to Jimmy. Thanks for having me. See you later. Bye. And I'll say goodbye to Jake. Bye-bye. And uh, that is the end of the third podcast of Spurious Morality. Thank you for listening.